Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Built for Playmakers podcast. I'm your host, Kelvin Hunt, editor of ChopChat.com. Hope you guys are doing well. I appreciate you guys uh, rocking with us. If this is your first time listening, uh, welcome to the show. Those of you that have been rocking with me for a while, I uh, appreciate you guys for tuning back in. Um, been a while since I was able to uh, record the last episode, but I'm going to get into a little bit of um, FSU football talk, um, some of the uh, advanced metrics that came out uh, recently, um, some recruiting needs for 2023. We'll briefly mention FSU basketball. And um, it looks like we got a little uh, NIL talk um, as well. But before we do that, um, I want to reach out to um, our sponsor, uh, betonline.ag. Uh, make sure you head over there today to use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, um, to get started. Um, of course, you have you know the Super Bowl coming up. Uh, hopefully, uh, you got uh, Jalen Ramsey and Cam Akers, you know, that can, that can win for the Rams uh, who represent FSU. And then, of course, Alton Tate, who uh, probably won't be available, but um, at least, you know, he would get a ring if um, uh, Cincinnati wins. So um, make sure you um, check out betonline.ag um, if you're looking to, to try to make some money there. Um, you also have um, hockey, boxing, UFC. All that good stuff. But yeah, so um, Bill Connolly, um, you probably have seen me reference his uh, metrics uh, on chopchat.com uh, if you've read the site before. Um, you know, released his uh, preseason rankings, and uh, FSU came in at number 24. And it's funny, I saw a lot of FSU fans kind of, you know, kind of looking around like, us? What? Why? Why are we number twenty four? And um, you know, and I can, you know, I kind of, you know, I get it. You know, it's like, man, we were five and seven last year, um, three and six the year before that, and um, you know, just looked terrible on the field, and just haven't had a good product, you know, to 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 sell to fans, to recruits, um, or anyone. But you know, I told I told you guys if you listen to one of my first uh, episodes of this podcast, I, I began this podcast right before uh, the season last year, and I told you guys then, you know, I said I like our starting eleven on each side of the ball. The question is, you know, can they stay can they stay healthy, you know, or you know, whenever starters come out of the game. What is that depth going to look like? You know, how much is that drop-off going to be? And, you know, pretty much was right on target with that. You know, I felt like FSU had the talent to compete with most of the teams on their schedule. When I'm talking starters, you know, but I knew whenever the starters, you know, either if they were injured or if 
you know, they had to come out of the game for whatever reason. I knew there was going to be drop off at, at, at several positions. And so, but you saw, I mean, FSU, aside from Jordan Travis getting hurt and the offensive line, you know, playing banged up most of the year, you, you know, um, FSU had pretty good injury luck. You know, Jermaine Johnson played, good Lord, a crazy amount of snaps. You know, Keir Thomas, who had had, you know, a history with injuries, was able to stay on the field for the most part. Kalen DeLoach stayed on the field. Um, you know, most of the guys in the secondary, you know, uh, primarily uh, Jamie Robinson was able to um, stay on the field. And so, you know, I felt like, you know, you saw FSU compete. Um, you know, they lost in overtime to Notre Dame. You know, they played a competitive second half with Louisville. The Wake Forest game, you know, you had six turnovers, and that that was you know, the the beginning part of the year. I almost wish FSU could kind of erase those first, you know, three or four games and kind of pick up where they lost left off again. You know, where where they begin with Syracuse and play that season over. And you know, I feel like I feel like we would have you know very different results than, and well, I know we would have different results than an zero and four start, and so. When you look at Bill Conley's numbers, you you know, he factors in, you know, returning production, he factors in recruiting rankings, he's factoring in, you know, transfer players from the portal coming in. And whenever whenever you're looking at F and I've said this before, you know, FSU returns a lot of players on both sides of the ball. You know, they're losing Jay Sean Corbin, who who was the leading rusher and, you know, arguably aside from Jordan Travis, the most important player on that side of the ball for FSU. Of course, they're losing Jermaine Johnson, you know, ACC defensive player of the year, losing Keir Thomas, who was probably better than people even, even thought he would be, you know, so you're losing those two bookends on the defensive line, but you're returning, you're returning with Robert Cooper. You're returning Fabian Lovett. Dennis Briggs will be back. They brought in Jared Verse from the transfer portal. And look, I don't expect Jared Verse to be, you know, um, Jermaine Johnson. And I, I told somebody the other day, bro, if you if you could guarantee me right now that Jared Verse would give us Keir Thomas numbers, I would take it in a heartbeat. Like sign me up today. And um. You know, because I think Dennis Briggs is going to be better than people expect over there. So you got so you got a lot of continuity coming back on the defensive line, which which was a strength last year. It was the strength of the defense. You got Kalen Deloach coming back. You know, he went from seven tackles in twenty twenty to sixty nine tackles in twenty twenty one. You got all that experience coming back. You got Tatum Bethune. Coming from the transfer portal, had over 100 tackles last year. You got you know DJ Lundy who will be back, Amar Gaynor who will be back. You have Jamie Robinson coming back in the secondary, Akeem Dent, Amarian Cooper. Um, what's my man? Goodness gracious! Oh gosh, I can't even think of his name now. Um, the other corner over there that um, that started a lot of games. Who will be probably be fighting for for his uh you know his job? Um, gosh, I'm, I'm just having a brain fart right now with uh with that cornerback. 
Um, he's a dog, all I know, uh, mentality-wise. He's a dog, but, you know, he, he's limited physically and, um, you know, gets beat by guys that are faster than him. But basically, you got a lot. You have leadership at, at, in the secondary, and leadership at linebacker, leadership on the defensive line. Offensively, Jordan Travis, we saw him improve last year. Um, he only, you know, turned the ball over three times after the Notre Dame game. You know, I don't think people understand how huge that is. You know, he played smart. He, he, you know, he be, he began to to understand when he, you know, needed to get out of bounds and not take a hit. And so, hopefully, you know. You know, he'll play smarter. You know, hopefully, you know, his progression as a passer will allow him to avoid having to, to run as much. You have, you know, quite a bit more depth on the offensive line. You know, you have, you know, Caden Lyles there, um, Buzz Harris there for depth. Uh, you got some younger guys that may fill in. And then you got Cameron McDonald coming back, who's solid at tight end. And then you have all of the players from the transfer portal at wide receiver. And I think Winston Wright and Micah Pittman is going to give you enough. If, if, if it's just those two, you know, I think they're going to give you enough to be, um, you know, respectable in offense. And so Bill Conley had FSU checking in at number 47 offensively and had him at number 13 defensively. You know, and a lot of people saw those numbers and were like, what? And when you look at – Another version of advanced um, metrics that I use, um, Brian uh, Freemu, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, FSU was right in the same ballpark with the with the end of year final rankings um, and his advanced metrics last year. So, you know, the defense. I think the defense is probably going to be as good or even a little bit better, even though they don't have. Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas, as long as they stay healthy. And I think the offense will be improved over last year, obviously, as long as Jordan Travis remains healthy. That's that's going to be the key. That's going to be key. The FSU has more depth than they had last year. Starter-wise, across the board, I think, you know, they are comparable. They're, they're better in some, some areas. Maybe a slight drop off in in a couple of other areas, but overall, I think FSU is set up to be um, even more competitive against the teams that they have on their schedule. Uh, granted, uh, most of those teams bring back their quarterback from last year. All of those guys are pretty good, so you know that is something to kind of you know give you a little bit of pause, but. You know, I said it last year in, in the first four games, you know, people were just ragging on the defense, ragging on the defense, and I kept tell, I kept saying the offense has to take some of the pressure off of the defense. And you saw when the offense began coming around after the Syracuse game, you saw it was a totally different team. And so I feel like if the offense can, can you know, kind of be consistent and not turn the ball over, um, you know, be efficient and score points, I mean, Jordan Travis, when he played, the, started or played in the majority of the games, FSU averaged 32 points per game with him at quarterback last year. You know, and every defense they play is not going to be Clemson. So, you know, if he can stay healthy, man, you know, FSU has, has a chance to, to make some num- some noise. So, uh, you know, we talked about the schedule uh, in the last episode. There's a lot of winnable games on that schedule. 
as and you know and and one of the things people probably are forgetting too is you know this is the third or really second year second off season that um the players have had in uh Mike Novell's you know off season uh and um the strength and conditioning staff's off season and you know I'm sure that accountability is is big um with the coaches but not not only that you know I'm hearing reports of you know, and we, it started last year with Keir Thomas and Jermaine Johnson, those guys kind of, you know, holding players accountable. And and hopefully th- those things are happening this year as well. And I and I expect that they are. And I can tell you, as a, as a former college athlete, the progression that you, you know, if you have continuity, if you have players, you know, willing to put in the work and – you know, holding one another, another accountable, you know, I can tell you, you know, the the guys that put the work in, you know, from year one to year two to year three, you know, it'll, it'll show up on the field. You know, I, I was a prime example. My freshman year was, you know, it was really good by freshman standards as far as baseball goes. And, you know, continue to work. You know, I was at practice before practice, you know, putting extra work in. I stayed afterwards getting extra work in. And, um, you know, my second year was better than my freshman year. Guess what? Kept putting work in beforehand, afterwards, in the summer. Um, you know, in my dorm room, you know, I would swing in front of a mirror and just watch, watch video, all types of stuff. My junior year was better than the first two years and so forth and so on. So, you know, with this being, you know, the third year with Mike Novell, you know, I expect to see even more player development than we saw last year when we saw players emerge. You know, you saw, you know, DJ Lundy um, probably pay be- play better than most thought that he would. You know, we, and like I talked about, you know, the stats between DeLoach in 2020 and 2021. You had Amarion Cooper who emerged as a freshman who you probably didn't expect that from. You saw – um, the progression of Jordan Travis, you know, you saw Treshawn Ward, a former walk-on, you know, man, look really good out there as a, a former three-star running back. So, you know, the only place we really didn't see the the progression that, you know, I wanted to see was at wide receiver. And so we there is more talent in that at that position. And so, you know, if, if we don't see, you know, a, a progression at, in that unit, then you kind of know what it is with with the coaching situation there, and we've already talked about that. So I'm not going to you know just belabor the point. But yeah, I'm I'm not surprised that FSU is is you know ranked that highly. You know they they have a lot of experience, a lot of a lot of um, uh, seniority, not seniority, but you know just a lot of experience to pull from so it shouldn't be a surprise you know if you see you know those guys uh, play better than you've seen them over the past few years so our next segment is going to be brought to you by masterworks if you're looking to make some money you know if you're into investing um, make sure you get priority access with our unique promo code with masterworks log on to masterworks.art slash believe that's masterworks.art slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Um, so check that out if you're looking to um, to make some money as far as uh, investments go. So going into 
the 2023 recruiting cycle, we've been doing a lot of uh, writing about that um, on chopchat.com. I've talked about how the, the coaches have concentrated more so on Florida and Georgia uh, in the 23 uh, recruiting cycle, and for good reason. I did the math on it the other day, and right now, you know, the rankings will change because they're not, I mean, you know, players will continue to be evaluated and the rankings will be updated as the recruiting cycle goes on. But right now, 28% of the blue chip players in the 2023 class reside uh, between Florida and Georgia. And so that's where FSU is concentrating, you know, on for the most part. I mean, you, they're offering players in other states, but um, about 45% of the players that FSU has offered um, reside in Florida or Georgia. And that's a good sign. And, you know, they've already gotten uh, Chris Parson as a quarterback commit. They already have Lamont Green Jr. as a legacy defensive end. Both of those guys are four stars. Probably should see an increase in their ranking. Um, then they have um, uh, the tight end, uh, Randy Pittman. And then they have the other wide receiver, uh, Vandrevious Jacobs. Um, so they've, you know, kind of addressing some needs there. Uh, wide receiver is going to be big uh, in this recruiting cycle. Uh, you have, you know, Ontario Wilson. You know, I think he'll be done after this year. There'll probably be some other attrition off the roster between now and uh, whenever spring ends or by the time the season starts with them bringing in four transfer players. And speaking of the transfer players, you know, Winston Wright, you know, he, he pretty much is saying, you know, he's going to be one and done. You know, he prefers that. He, he Hopefully, you know, he wants to come here, ball out, and go straight to the NFL. You know, so you probably will potentially, you know, lose him after this year. Micah Pittman will be uh, eligible for the draft also. Um, you know, if he comes in and has a productive year, who knows? You know, he could, he could hit the, um, you know, declare for the draft as well. So FSU is going to need to bring in probably, you know, three receivers, and it's a great it's a great um, season for receivers in the state of Florida. And FSU has done a good job They're in the mix for a number of uh, top you know guys in the top 100. And so you know it's going to be really really important for them to to not miss uh, in this recruiting cycle. And then moving on, you have linebacker. You know, same deal. You're gonna, you potentially could lose um, a lot of uh, experience that we talked about earlier. You know, Kalen Deloach could declare for the draft after this year. Tatum Bethune, the transfer from UCF, could declare. And Amari Gaynor will likely, you know, he will likely declare after this year. So that's three guys right there that you um, you could potentially lose. And you only brought in uh, Omar Graham last year from the high school ring. So linebacker is going to be um, a, a big area that FSU needs to address this recruiting cycle. So we'll see uh, what Randy Shannon can do compared to uh, what we had last year. And then the other the other area that um, I feel like is arguably the biggest need, and it was, it was a need last year, and FSU really got lucky that uh, Robert Cooper and Fabian Lovett decided to come back um, for 2022 because if they had left, you know, either they were going to have to go to the transfer portal or they were going to be, I shouldn't say stuck, but because those guys actually improved and developed some last year. Malcolm, I'm talking about Malcolm Ray and Jarek Jackson, but 
you know, if those guys are your starters, then that means you got, you know, Shamby Jackson and Joshua Farmer, who were freshmen last year, you know, playing in backup roles. And then, then behind them, you only have the freshmen that just got here in Bishop Thomas and Daniel Lyons. So Robert Cooper and Fabian Lovett coming back was big time for the coaching staff. It kind of gives them another year to address the uh, defensive tackle positions. And, you know, they, they haven't landed a blue chip uh, defensive, a true def defensive tackle since Robert Cooper in 2018. You know, they brought in Farmer, they brought in Jackson, who who were defensive ends. And, you know, they're kind, of, they're, they're kind of converting into defensive tackles as they uh, mature and everything. But FSU, difference makers in the trenches is where it's at. FSU spent a great deal of energy and and did a great job in addressing the offensive line and the issues they had with that unit. I feel like FSU needs to do the same exact thing along the defensive line. They got to get some difference makers at defensive tackle, and they need another. I think I think Lamont Green Jr. will be. You know, I think he'll be a player, um, but they need at least one or two more defensive ends that that can play play early and um, get after the passer. Because you know, after you 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 could lose Jared Verse after this year, I, I I don't think we will. But you know, if he if we lose him after this year, that means he had a really great year, and that probably spells good things for the FSU defense. So, um, so wide receiver, linebacker, defensive line, particularly uh, defensive tackle. That's where I want to see FSU knock it out of the park this year. They, they, you know, they got the quarterback. That's really important, and he should be able to attract some some top wide receivers. I know he's already working hard um, to to get some guys in there, and um, you know, we'll see. Um, the uh, elite junior days coming up in March are going to be really big, and it sounds like they have gotten a number of top guys to confirm that they're going to be there. Um, so getting them on campus, a lot of them have already been on campus before. Um, so getting them on campus in March will be big. And then it's going to be, you know, getting them on campus again uh, during the summer uh, whenever they have all of the different camps. And um, and also the spring game, you know, they got they had a bunch of guys that came to the spring game last year. So that'll be, you know, those will be things to look at. So once you, if you, if you hear names of recruits that FSU has targeted – and they're not showing up to, you know, the elite junior days, the spring game, or the camps in June, then you can probably go ahead and say it's on to plan B and C uh, from that point. So just something to think to think about there. Um, <clears throat> I want to mention FSU basketball really quick. Uh, I know, you know, they lost to Pittsburgh, and that was one of the, the most – the ugliest games I've seen in quite some time. And I know, it, you know, everybody's like, you know, basically fire Leonard Hamilton or whatever. Um, you know, whenever FSU was winning, you know, they won those six games and had beaten Duke and all that good stuff. Uh, one of the things that, you know, I saw right away, whenever Malik uh, Osborne got hurt and, and he had to come out of the lineup, you saw the team change, you know, from that standpoint. Uh, he's a really important player for them uh, on both ends of the floor. And him out of the game, you know, messes up the rotation, 
um, all the things that they have been practicing um, with a bunch of young guys, um, you know, it's, it's hard, man. It's it's hard to 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 run three freshmen out there and just expect them to you know to, to just pick up um, where you know where you know, you left off before. So uh, all the injuries, all the young players, you know, I get it. You know, they look. I'm with you. Um, Wednesday night was awful, and it shouldn't be that bad. And I don't, I don't, you know, it just seems like they, they, they're just out of sync. And the only, the only, only blessing in the skies with this thing is now that you know Matthew Cleveland may have to come back for a second year, and you know that would, um, that would be really big. So you'd have Cleveland, you'd have um, Butler. And uh, Wardley, you know, they would have another year under their belt, and you know, got some talented guys coming in. Um, Hamilton probably probably have to go to the to the portal again for some more guys. So, um, you know, this year's a wrap. You know, they're not going to make the NCAA tournament. They might even make the NIT. Um, so it's probably going to be painful to watch the rest of the year. And um, you know, we just got to suffer through it, I guess, and understand that. Um, they're playing for next year and just getting that experience that they need to um, so that they can kind of rebound. So this last segment is going to be presented by NordVPN. Um, so if you are, you know, wondering about uh, peace of mind on your PCs, uh, anything electronic, and, um, you know, you're worried about, you know, using too much bandwidth and um, slowing your connection and all that good stuff, um, make sure you check out uh, NordVPN. You guys can um, go over there to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code BLEAV. That's BLEAV. And you can get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk free for Nord's 30 day money, get, money back guarantee. So the last thing I want to get into is the. NIL business with FSU and you know I'll tell you man over over the past couple of weeks I know the spaces have been talking about you know NIL and those guys are doing a good job of you know trying to bring awareness and trying to figure out you know what what can we do um, you know things seem really handcuffed because of the way the uh, legislation is handling uh, that deal right now and, and the way uh, Florida schools have to kind of play by the rules and the other states don't. Um, but at the same time, you know, you're seeing other schools um, like Miami and Florida kind of roll out, you know, different things that that seemingly are, are ahead of FSU when it comes to NIL. And, um, you know, so we saw today that um, one of the uh, local restaurants uh, sponsored the entire offensive line. And so, you know, that's a good sign, man, because I'm like, you know, it feels like things are just not moving the way that they, they um, at the at the, the speed that they should regarding NIL. And, you know, I saw a report from um, an LSU site today. So Miami signed the Louisiana uh, running back, uh, Travante Citizen, I think was his name. And the LSU website said that um, one of the reasons that Miami was able to, to um, get his signature on um, – the signing day was because they had more NIL opportunities than LSU. And, and the funny thing was um, a lot of guys, um, analysts and writers, um, and Wilt Fong was one of them, he crystal balled 
citizens into Florida the day before signing day. And so if, this, if, if that's the case that, you know, Miami had more NIL opportunities than um, LSU, then I also meant that Miami has more NIL opportunities than Florida. And so basically um, it was an attorney that um, helped some players win, with NIL. He said that um, some calls were made and um, – Citizen talked to you know some Miami players and basically they were saying, hey, look, you know we got this deal, we got that deal, whatever. And you, you know it doesn't have to be for you know, a, a huge amount of money, but you know if you if you got a thousand dollar deal here and a five hundred dollar deal there, and LSU doesn't have you know that or Florida doesn't have that, then eh, it's probably going to be enticing for a younger player to, to you know kind of not fool everybody, but go a different direction than everyone thinks he's going to go. So, you know, you know, I think all of the local um, businesses and tally need to get on board with this NIL deal. You know, I mean, instead of no knocking, you know, any other podcast or whatever, um, but, you know, instead of sponsoring a podcast, um, you know, we can put that money towards the players. And, um, you know, I, I would gladly you know, say if I had somebody that wanted to sponsor this podcast and I knew, you know, that a business could, you know, get involved with NIL and it would help the program, I would be like, hey, go help the program, you know, because that's, that's where that money is needed. It, that, NIL, NIL is changing the game. So uh, hopefully we'll see more and more local businesses, um, you know, sign deals like that and, and that it'll be publicized so that recruits can see that, um, you know, FSU is, is getting in the game with NIL. Um, and – it was good to see that um, the jerseys will be um, going on sale and um, some of those profits will go to the players as well. Um, I had saw um, a couple of other schools had announced that, you know, and I was like, man, I was like, why, why, you know, why can't we have that? And so when I saw that was announced today, I was like, okay, okay, okay. You know, it sounds like, sounds like we're making some progress here. And I would have to say, um, if they go back and, and, you know, if they go back and uh, offer older players, you know, so, you know, whether we're talking about um, Charlie Ward or Chris Winkie or, who, you know, whoever, um, I'm going to just tell you, I love all those guys, but one of my favorite knows, and you've probably seen, you know, seen me post this on Twitter, one of my favorite knows ever is Marcus Joyner. And so I think that would probably be uh, the first jersey that I would get. So uh, let me know who um, – who you would want, who, who's going to be the first jersey that, um, that you purchase if you um, are indeed considering that. Uh, but LaMarcus Joyner would be my pick. But hopefully we'll see more NIL stuff come up, and hopefully Florida can get uh, the, the law amended or abolished and get on a, an even you know playing field with the other states that kind of have an advantage right now. So, um, man, just counting down the days until the season, you know, February slow. Well, I shouldn't say slowly. It's almost halfway over. Um, but, you know, just counting down to the season. Um, you know, basketball is terrible right now, but we do have um, FSU softball beginning on Friday. You know, they competed for a national championship last year, came up one game short. But those guys or those ladies, I should say, excuse me, are exciting to watch so make sure you tune in with them and then we have FSU baseball beginning on the 18th and being that I'm a baseball guy I will probably do some baseball eccentric podcast um, if you if that's something that interests you uh, message me or you know just post on Twitter and let me know 
and we'll go from there. But um, appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, make sure you um, head over to um, betonline.ag. Uh, they're the main uh, sponsor of the site here. And um, appreciate you guys again. And go no. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.